And we're live. Hello and welcome to another episode of Loose Cannon. Uh, this week we are going to be talking about uh, one of the previous season's lore books, Quintessence. Uh, we didn't talk about it last season for multiple factors. And it's kind of good that we didn't because um, the way that Bungie is doing lore now is they're very strict on the API. It used to just dump it all and I think it was in season of the splicer. It kind of spoiled the like yeah. the surprise ending of it all. Yeah. And, yeah. Coria. Yeah, yeah, they were they were they revealed that Coria was a big player in it all and they were like, uh oh. And <laughs> to fix that, they they give you like two entries four weeks in and then another two entries every every other week or something like that so like right now even though all the lore is obtained in the game it's not actually in the api which makes it difficult to gather show notes which makes it difficult for us to talk about it and th even then we have to wait six seven right. weeks just to get the the whole book right because we know stuff that we didn't know yeah but there's things we still can't talk about mm. <laughs> and it's like it's funny you bring that up about Korea because uh remember when the first time somebody went through the splicer mission and they looked back and they saw Korea for just that split half mm -hmm. a second before falling off the cliff and everybody's yeah. like what yeah yeah I remember exactly and it was like is that Korea is like is it actually Korea or there there is like some like uh indecisiveness around it being like what is it for real though and right. um you know it was an exciting time season of the splicer and it's an exciting time now i don't think any of the lore books really um spoil anything but i do understand it's to be like yeah safe about it yeah because really um the lore around Coria wasn't all that like grandiose mm -hmm. you know it didn't have that punch you in the gut we kind of all really expected something like that to be connected with it and mm -hmm. um i think it was a little bit more uh confirmation than anything yeah. but at the same time i don't know how i felt about it because <clears throat> it didn't seem all that um shocking <laughs> no i mean it, it made sense that it would be Coria because you see vex yeah. doing nonsense and you know it's ramping up to witch queen so it's it's very easy and i mean everyone yeah. but and that's kind of like my issue with it um for years now everyone's been going oh it's Coria. It, yeah. it's Coria, and it's like it's not Coria. calm down <laughs> right <laughs> and then we finally get it and it's like it's Coria. i have evidence because the lore is out a little early yeah. Thanks. Well, you know, such is life when you're in the spoilery, spoil, spoilless business. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So we're kind of at the halfway point in the season, right? Yeah. So yeah, <clears throat> I think um, we're a little bit over, aren't we? Well, so. I haven't played the past couple weeks because I've just been all in uh, Monster Hunter Sunbreak and <laughs> I have no time for anything else. The only thing I did play in Destiny was I just did some dungeon runs just trying to get a better um, Unforgiven. Uh, yeah. Quick in and out, like not really, um, not really going for it. 
not doing any story or anything like that. So I actually don't know the conclusion of Keitel, and I heard there was an extra bit that happened this week. I know nothing about it, so I am excited to come back and see it. Um, yeah, when I when I do get to it. Yeah. Uh, but you know, just because the the story's kind of concluded doesn't mean the season's over, right? And right, I think we uh, still have next week is know. what is it, solstice. Uh, does it start next week officially? I think it's next week. What? It's either next week or the week after, but I'm pretty <clears throat> sure it's next week. I mean, I, I don't think they even posted a roadmap or a timeline or anything, so no. it's just speculated as next week. Yeah. How much would it suck if it just didn't happen? <laughs> well, as I just said, I'm very distracted, so I wouldn't mean too horribly. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. You know, it's funny because this is a rough time for everybody right now because you had holidays, you know, you had like two big uh, weekends and everybody, for the most part, it feels like is on vacation or doing something somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's 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 kind of like the uh, the lie that a holiday weekend is where it's like, oh, yeah, it's a holiday weekend. We're going to I'm just going to play video games. And it's like, no, you're not. Nope. You're gonna go. No. You're gonna go see family, and you don't really want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do more working than anything on a on a holiday weekend. Yeah. God. Yeah, um, I mean, even vacationing can wear you out. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my goodness! I thought I was going to get away and relax, and all I've been doing is like looking for hotels and restaurants, and where are we gonna go now? And yeah, yeah. Um, but so the lore book we're reading today, as I said earlier, is Quintessence. It's from last season, and I think it's a good lore book to kind of read now because it starts out with some Keitel stuff, it deviates a little bit, and then it kind of comes back to Cabal Keitel centric, even if it's not directly about Keitel. Right. And, uh, it's, I think... It is probably one of those books that like slips in, has slipped in, and we have evidence of it now, uh, slips in a uh, foreshadow for oncoming seasons. And in the first entry, we get a foreshadow for this season. So I, I'm interested to see what mm. other secrets there are hidden within this book and within other books. Right. And it, it's exciting. It's exciting when you go back and read a book and you're like, wait a second, they fucking told us this was going to happen. <laughs> like, Yeah, that's sneaky, dude. Yeah. I feel like I've read, I feel like I read a lot and I still don't, I still don't have even the slightest bit of an inkling as to what they could be hinting towards next. Yeah. And that's, that's like a big question, right? Because we're going, it was easy when we were going into Witch Queen because it's like, oh, we're going into Savathun. We know who Savathun is. But now we're going into Lightfall, and it's like, what the fuck is Lightfall? Right. <laughs> like, are we going to lose our light powers? Because I really fucking doubt that they're going to give us 3.0 only to take them away. And don't take them away just to give them back in a, after a mission again. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, what what does Lightfall represent? Does the Traveler leave us? And does it like go to Savathun? Because there was that like instance in the Witch Queen, like that final fight, I think it was, where Savathun took the Traveler. And it was like, the Traveler didn't want to be taken by Gaul, 
who was able to suppress its powers. And it was like, uh, uh-uh, no, you're not, you're not doing shit with me. But suddenly Savathun is able to take the traveler. It just seems I have a, a clan mate of mine believes that the traveler was actually like kind of hedging their bets. They're like, no, I think Savathun's better. And so then they went with Savathun and then we kicked Savathun's ass and we're like, I guess the guardians are better. And then it came That's back funny. to us. Yeah. That's funny. So, well, you know, if the traveler and the darkness are ultimately tied together and I mean, it could just be the long game. He's still kind of like, nah, you're not a part of the elite. Hmm. <laughs> you're the you're the you're not a part of the elite so control alt delete yeah uh but so we have a lore card this week do you want to uh get into that yes so um holidays you know kind of interrupt things and so on destiny armory defined i left it blank for a couple of weeks and i just kind of recap because we had july 4th and then we had uh bungee day and that's really more about like the community and the get-togethers and the gathers. And so I didn't want to isolate anything in the lore specifically because it, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been relevant, mm-hmm. um, and it kind of would have interrupted with the flow of things. Plus, there was one in particular that I wanted to go back on since we're still very much in the throes of it with Eris. I don't know what it is about this season, but it feels like. As much as Eris is a part of everything we're doing, I don't, I don't really see the like the hard tether or connection uh, that I'm supposed to, I guess, while playing. Because the story is, I mean, if, if you think about it, the story is really has a lot to do with her in it, and mm-hmm. she's got a lot of dialogue, voice lines. I don't think, I mean, kudos to the actor too, Mora, um, Morla, but it's there's a lot of meat on that bone. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that we're really centered on the individual characters that have to battle their nightmares and whatnot, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if there was something that unfolded to kind of like crescendo Eris's involvement with all of this at the end, maybe, hopefully. Um, but <clears throat> well, what do you mean by that? Well, so Eris is kind of helping us uh, or helping certain characters, you know, bind and tether their nightmares so that they can overcome them and stuff like that. But if you think about Eris as a whole, um, she's got to wrestle with hers as well. And mm-hmm. she's already had all of that time on the moon sitting there with all of her insufferable nightmares. And they just kind of hang about until you, you know, <laughs> I mean, she's got a lot to overcome too. Uh mm-hmm. And then also, you know, there's the tool that she's using and, and how we attain that and how it's used. And it's it's um, tied to, oh, what's her name? Um, Zivu. You know, mm-hmm. the building of that tool was very much a, a part of the Zivu or Wrath um, stuff that we did, Season of the Hunt. Mm-hmm. And what I, what I don't really really understand fully is how that's going to um how that's going to play out in the end uh so i am excited to see the conclusion of the season (laughs) i can't wait for it to end uh but at the same time i hope i hope there's something like big with eris um uh really quick while you're while you're bringing up zivu part of me feels like 
and it it had this issue in Destiny One too. But part of me feels like Lightfall is going to be about Zivu, and it's like, well, what does that mean for the game? Like we we just leave Witch Queen and we go right back into another hive centric. Remember that happened? Like yeah, we had Crotazin and then we had we had uh, Taken King, and it was like, oh my god, there's so much hive, and it's like, yeah, there kind of is a lot of hive focus in destiny there really is a lot of hive and so what i mean if you know if i had all the money in the world and i was a part of bungie and i could make it happen what i would do is ultimately uh this is all wishful thinking but what Mm -hmm. i would do with zivu at this point knowing what we know and where we are i would take her character at the end of this season and i would morph her into a new uh shape and be in control of a new enemy but it takes the previous forms of all the connected hive, maybe even the you know scorn, mm-hmm. but to some degree it takes those forms and it just kind of like, okay, no more of that. Here's the new enemy, and then this is presented to you. This is the new face of the hive, which is no longer. It's now Zivu Arath's turn to come mm-hmm. up with her own idea as to what a badass is that you have to fight now. And then I mean, she really kind of takes center stage as, haha, Sabathun, I really hated you all this time, yada yada yada. I'm the I'm the you know queen of war, and then she just kind of ushers in this whole, like, whatever. And mm. I mean, maybe Callus has something to do with that too. But anyway, that would be my way of doing it. I don't mm-hmm. know what exactly that would look like. I just think that. It would be really interesting. It'd also be a little bit shocking for people because she's kind of been in the background the entire time. We haven't faced her directly. Yeah. At all. Except for the Wrathborn, but I mean, that was kind of light. Yeah. By proxy. Yeah. Um, But so this lore card then. Okay. So I'm going to butcher the pronunciation. Even with all those... Uh... Wait. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to say it. Thrower Marsh. Did I say it right? I, I feel like you did. <laughs> Thrower Marsh. Right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Yeah, right. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Right. So, <laughs> so it's, uh, it's German in, you know, form... Uh, it's a quick one. It's a quick lore card. It's a it's it's called yeah. a funeral march, basically. Oh. Um, yeah. So it's a slow march song in a simple double or double. I don't know how you pronounce that word. Uh, double meter. It's often played at funerals and funeral processions, also known as dead march. So it's most known. Uh, you know, example is Frederick Chopin's uh, Chopin's iconic melody, which was uh, used for like everything. Um, you'll you'll immediately understand what I'm talking about when you hear it. Um, but it's been everything in like pop culture, like Beetlejuice, Monty Python. Uh, it shows morbid humor in like cartoons, stuff like that. And you'll know when you hear it because it's kind of like that iconic. Uh, song and so a funeral march is a march that's um in a minor key it's very slow it's a simple duple meter imitating the solemn pace of a funeral procession 
so a slow march is often played at funerals and played for funeral processions. Um, it usually um, is found like, um, oh, what would you say? Um, <clears throat> oftentimes they'll play it in military when somebody's died or when there's a march to the actual burial site. Um, uh, so it kind of has this like serious tone, but over the years it's kind of become like a joke <laughs> almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting because if you look at the sparrow specifically, it has Eris her symbol on it. As we know, Eris is a big, you know, part of this season right now. And the flavor text is really interesting, too, because it says, The dead do not often speak, but I always listen. Right? And so that would be most likely Eris saying that. Um, because it has their badge on the sparrow. Mm-hmm. And then if you look at the sparrow, the whole front of the sparrow looks like a wheelbarrow for carrying, you know, dead people. Yeah, right? that's what I was thinking when I when Okay, I so it. that's there you go. Okay, so the 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 funny part of this is if you're familiar with like iconic scenes like in Monty Python's flying or um uh Quest for the Holy Grail, there's a scene where a lot of people are dying from the plague and he's walking around with a wheelbarrow yep. and he's yelling, Bring out your dead, bring out your dead and he's doing this slow marching song and uh you know, it's it's the funeral march, and he's people are like putting bodies in the wheelbarrow as he's carrying them away because they had to burn them, right? That was mm-hmm. the only way that they could get rid of the plague. They thought was to take the dead people and burn them so that that wouldn't spread any further. Um, so if you look at the sparrow, it's like I'm driving the sparrow around. Put your dead in here. I'm gonna take them, and we're gonna go burn them. Um, <laughs> It'd be it's cool really if, like morbid humor. Yeah. It'd be cool if um it'd be like impossible to code this, but it'd be cool if 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 you ran an enemy over and killed them if a body would appear on it. Like if, Oh my god, that would be perfect. Hold it on. Too bad you can't. Yeah, like you know, they get the ragdoll mechanic when you kill them and then they fall yeah. inside the bucket and you can <laughs> That'd be, be cool. awesome. it'd, be, it'd be cool if there was like some magnetism to it where it's like <laughs> yeah. shooting this over a corpse of an enemy, like before they just evaporate into nothing. They they, right. they hang out on your sparrow for a bit. Right. Alright, so I'm gonna I'm gonna play it because I think that it's important to hear it so everybody knows exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. Okay. If you because told me I would have cued it up. It, as soon as you hear it, no, it's fine. It's as soon as you hear it, you're going to know what I'm talking about. I won't play the whole thing, but okay. you can hear most of it. Ready? I'm not hearing anything. If you're playing something, it's not coming through. Okay. Yes, yeah, that's not working, man. <laughs> that was, that was good is it coming through no just let me know when you want to do this oh I'll, no i'll cue this up just let me know ahead of time okay just 
scroll to the bottom and and you'll see it. But anyway, <laughs> sorry, I don't know why that didn't come through. <laughs> You, you, you dropped this on me at the last second. I would have had it ready. I, know. I wasn't going to play it at first, but then I thought it was kind of important. <laughs> that is hilarious. We, Why we, did that we, not come through? We just, we just cannot find the time to be professional. Nah. It just does not work. Screw that. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, if you want to listen to the song, you can go to the lore card and listen to it. It's at the end. Um, it's a really serious tone and it's a beautiful, uh, song, you know, with all humor aside, it, it, if you really listen to it, it's really nice, but, uh, um, it just has tons of references all over the place. You'll immediately understand, uh, when you hear it. Um, what I thought was notable about it was, um, uh, there are parodies of the funeral marches that are used in like Alfred Hitchcock's show. <laughs> Uh, if you're an old person like me, you remember how Alfred Hitchcock, black and white horror mm-hmm. type of show. Um, but they also appear in uh, Hamlet, uh, Mid- uh, Midsummer's Night's Dream, uh, which were both done by Shakespeare. Uh, so those those songs often are brought about to signify, you know, the dead, you know, the te- dead funeral scene uh, and so many iconic things. Um they used the the dead march as a title um, for these songs to kind of signify, okay, this is the end. This is the time to say goodbye uh, to he- whoever the the dead person was and the loved one or whatever that you cared about. And so, um, there's even like, uh, what what do you call it? Uh, there's even like a scene in uh, Ray Brad Ray Bradbury's. Uh, sci-fi novels uh, where he uses it as well like a carousel which is you know going um, when it goes through time and it goes backwards it plays the funeral marching song as a way to kind of warn you like this is what's happening Uh, so wrap that all up in a nutshell the sparrow kind of feels like to me um, they're saying something about this like so what does that mean and what does that represent for the game's current current position uh, in the lore? If you think about how it's tied to Eris ter- and the way it looks and what it represents about bringing out your dead, the, the loved ones that have passed, and the funeral march being the, the ending of that relationship with that person who's passed on, it mm. kind of feels like it's encapsulating what's going on with Eris and helping our major characters um, get over the burden of their nightmares and let them go on to uh, memories is what they are now. And so I don't know if that's uh, necessarily what they're trying to do, but it feels like that. So whoever did the the sparrow for this was being funny, but also kind of at the same time saying, Hey, this is where we are in the game. You got to like lament, but also, it's time to move on. And that's it. Mm. Oh, wait, nope. Yep. I hit the wrong button there. There might be a flash of uh, my hitting the wrong button on stream. <laughs> uh, awesome. I don't know how to transition into the book. 
no. <laughs> there's no there's no there's no segue on this show. I feel like we do a decent job with segueing. That's probably one of the our 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 few um <laughs> good points. Uh okay. Um so books lately, uh one thing I've noticed um right in right in the notes for these new books is they frequently have um fewer entries than they used to. They're kind of shorter, more concise, but they're 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 usually like bigger entries as well to compensate. So like uh there are five entries in quintessence. I think five is like their golden number now when it used to be more like eight to ten. Um right. but I mean that's fine. Um it makes it come by faster when it's coming once a week as well, so that's nice. Uh I don't I, I'm pretty sure Quintessence just came from like playing the story, so it didn't really have any of last season, so it didn't really have any like major uh things going on. I guess in this case actually the last entry is the biggest spoiler in which you if if it came out, you'd kind of be confused at the start of last season because it's talking about Saladin being among the cabal and rising oh, yeah. to the rank yeah. of Valis. <laughs> yeah, that would suck. So you would be like, what the fuck is happening? What is this? Yeah. And not understand <laughs> why. And it was because yeah. you remember last season, we're doing the thing where we were capturing the Lucent Hive and, and subjecting them to the mind space, and it was kind of torturing them, and Crow wasn't a big fan of that. And so there was a little bit of a divide between the Quintessence story and the in-game in story that we'll see in an entry um, later on. But so uh, to start from the beginning, the first entry is uh, titled Pith, I believe. And it, it does it does actually focus on Keitel. Um And I feel like it's very relevant to this season. Um, so I'll, I'll just read a little summary about it and then we'll get into the details. Uh, Keitel enters a psionic mind space, which for a lightless being is like holding up a hazy mirror, uh, reflecting back what is held inside. Inside Keitel's mind, she sees the ma a magnificent image of Gaul, but without the light, she's unable to face him. Gaul leaves, revealing Tora Bottle, and then Amuna Wrath, and later Zevo Wrath. And finally, a disgusting Callus appears. And like I mean disgusting. I'm gonna read I'm gonna read his entry how he's spoken yeah. about. Uh and he kind of like overtakes everything. Uh, so right at the beginning, you know, she sees Gaul. So she turned far above her manifested, far above her manifested the immense visage of Dominus Gaul. Dirty white storm clouds swirled from, swirled to form the peaks of his armor. He burned with light from within, triumphant even in defeat. She shook her head. A guardian with a synaptic spear would be able to destroy this aspect, but she was lightless and could never share the mindscape with another. She looked up at Gaul's beatific face with rising anger, ashamed that her image of him was so magnificent. And, you know, right there, immediately plays into the plot of this season, having her have this nightmare of Gaul looming over her. Of course, how could we have predicted the nightmare aspect coming back? But they, they were clearly, like, building that up right there. Right. And then um, 
as I said, she sees Gaul and she kind of she can't fight him. She can't stop him from existing. But he he goes away and it becomes Tora Bottle, and um, then it so uh, it becomes uh, Umunarath on Tora Bottle, and then dark smoke poured from her dead world and framed the screaming face of Zebra Wrath. Uh, Zebra Wrath towered in the sky, but now her father's corpulence spread to contain all she could see. His finery was tarnished, his purple silks dripped with rank saliva, his gold armor caked with pus, his form swelled grotesquely as it surged toward her, his wet mouth opened, lips slick with sweet fat, his bulging eyes stared widely at nothing. She saw the floor of the mindscape rise and transform into a barrier the scion was attempting to block Callus out. No, she commanded, her voice tight. The barrier dissipated. She walked closer, moving to meet Callus's figure. The floor reformed tentatively beneath her feet. Callus bellowed, and for a moment she was a flea on her father's enormous body. She moved through his cloudy form within his flesh, the air thick with the rancid stink of wine and blood and vomit. She fought her way inward through the billowing foulness of him, pushing deeper against the gagging smother of his heat. Her form began to lose definition. It threatened to be absorbed by the fetid system around her, and still she fought, and still she fought, until she reached the center where the form stood at peace in brilliant clarity. Her tusks studded with gems, her armor glorious, her eyes clear, her muscles strong. There you are, Cuddle whispered and smiled at herself. And I haven't played the story, but I imagine there is a conflict with Callus based on all the talking he's done. So an another, I'd imagine, uh, foreshadow to this season right here. Right, right. Especially with his... Yeah. his, his oh, no, go on. No, I was just going to say, this is... um. This is important because to find her true strength, she has to venture through her her present nightmare, which is this, you know, mm -hmm. this horrible figure of Callus, and you know, of course, Gaul, but this horrible figure of Callus um, mm -hmm. that's been. It's almost like a, it's almost like invading yourself to find yourself. Mm -hmm. You've got to overcome the, you know, the uh, trauma. Uh, that you're dealing with in, in order to get down to that subconscious mind and then pull out the strength of yourself and pull out and rise up and rise above your your demons your if you will the the horribleness that happened to you whatever it is that represents so this is a good thing for a lot of people to read just in that because if you apply that to yourself personally and kind of if you gather any kind of feeling from that, um, know that that intent was to show um, through the grotesque, horrible trauma, you can still somehow uh, find your true self and uh, rise above is all I wanted to say. But it, it's nice to see this kind of humanity ascribed to Keitel's situation because you know, you think of the Cabal as just these mindless war guys, you know, war, I say guys, but like war enemy, right? That just mm -hmm. want to march across the universe and just lay things in waste. But there's a lot more layers to that, um, you know, and Keitel kind of brings in that whole dynamic. 
And and that's that's kind of what this season was. It's almost like going into this mindscape was like almost preparing for this season's events. The way that you said um, having to go into yourself is making me try to find. Oh, I think I might have found it. I think it's in this. Um, find it was that hidden hidden edict or whatever it was called, mm-hmm. where uh, Ikora talks about like what you must do to become one of the hidden, and it's like you have to know yourself, and you have to destroy yourself, and you have to recreate yourself or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just I just can't find it. Yeah, no, I know, I remember what you're talking about. Yeah, that was a pretty cool little thing. You know, it's it's great that um. It's great that you have so many perspectives working at Bungie that can throw these little tidbits in the lore. Because hmm. if it was just one uh, narr- narrator the entire time, you'd probably lose a lot of stuff. Or or thematically, you would see a lot of things just reoccur. like, And you would hear the same thing over and over, just told in a different way. But because there's so many perspectives and so many people at Bungie helping build this story and craft, they all bring in their own personal experiences, but they can also add this uh, dynamic flavor to the lore that allows you to really feel like each particular character has their own individualistic uh, issues. It was it was in front of me. It was in um, it's on Dragon Shadow, but Ikora goes into it deeper. And I can't actually find the one where she goes into it deeper. But so uh, it's dictates, not not edicts. Uh, mm. Find thyself, know thyself, destroy thyself, shed thyself, embrace a new skin, become the many. We are unseen. We are as death. Mm. I like that. Yeah. Become the many. Yeah, very... Uh, yeah, very uh, anonymous there. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Pretty we neat. Are, we are Legion. Yeah, <laughs> we are Legion. That's a good one. I like yeah. that Rat King. I like that Rat King lore. That was pretty cool. Uh, did Rat King touch on that? I can't remember Rat King off the top. Yeah, of my there was a little bit of that in the uh, Rat King. Every show, I don't know what it is about like sitting in front of a mic, but it just makes me start to yawn anytime I'm like playing on online with friends and stuff. So I just want to apologize. For it's yawning. because you're using your brain and it's overheating. Is that what yawns are for? Is that actually what they're for? Because I've heard that before. I don't yeah, know. I think I told you this a long time ago. I don't. Um, I, don't be- I don't believe that's what it's for, though. Well, that's not. So that's not a thing. There's. There are. There are several. There are several different. Uh, usages for a yawn but one of them is when your brain is overworked it's like hitting an air conditioner because you're trying to bring in a lot of oxygen all of a sudden so that you can deliver that oxygen to your brain that's overheating i mean that would make sense because nothing nothing makes me go deeper into my brain than talking about lore because you'll say 
she has to like know herself and i'm like catalog 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 what am i thinking of just going deeper and deeper in because i'm like i have a faint memory of something kind of relating to what you just said and i need to bring it up now yeah Um, that's funny (laughs) so i think i think i think this first entry really foreshadowed this season I don't think the other entries foreshadow so much because uh, nah. entry three is Shaw Han kind of just introducing new lights, which I mean, maybe there's some like foreshadow there. Maybe one of the new lights becomes an important character, but it's like, Ooh. whatever. You know, it'll be, the, it'll be that. It'll be yeah. that one thing that we all just glossed over. And then we're yeah. like in the next year going, holy crap. <laughs> oh, shit. Wait a second. No, that's Calvin's, that's Calvin's hand. Um, uh <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, well, we'll get to it. We'll, we'll get to it when we get to it. Um, and, and the fourth entry is just about, is, is that alternate take on Crow. And the fifth entry is about uh, Saladin, which, I mean, we know what's going on with Saladin. We understand why it's important. But the second entry here, I feel, is potential foreshadow. Uh, so okay. entry two is Devotion and a uh, summary of it. Uh, Saint joins Devin for an afternoon tea and brought his own teacup. His cup was chipped and the handle broken and glued back on. It's important to Saint because of the memory it, it brings from long ago. Before Osiris was exiled from the city, they lived together, and during a pointless argument, Osiris accidentally knocked over the cup and it broke. In that moment, they realized how pointless it was that they were fighting and they stopped. Devin asked uh, how Osiris is, because at this point, Osiris is basically still in a coma and i mean even now yeah. like this is way back last season this is today he's still in this coma um yeah. and saint tells him he's not good his body is alive but his mind isn't there and it's like he's on a journey but can't find his way back and then uh Devrim insists that saint join uh him mark and soraya for dinner which is a nice little moment but this like focus on osiris and i think the key word um is is in this paragraph where uh after after devon asks <clears throat> saint says not good saint quietly confessed he is alive but his body is there his mind is not it is like he's on a journey and cannot find his way home or saint shook his head he honestly wasn't sure no one was it's that or yeah. That or yeah. Saint has some idea of what's happening. He shook his head. He wasn't Bit sure. it out, Saint. No, it was, and it's like, what the f- fuck were you gonna yeah. say? Because that's it. Yeah. That's the that's the foreshadow right there. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And so, like, what do you do with that information? Yeah. Um. So what? You know, where could Osiris be specifically yeah. in his own mindscape right now? I wonder. So let's let's talk about that because this book is since this book is so short we we have sure. we have time to this we have time we can encourage ourselves to go. We actually have time. Yeah, I know yeah. it's kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think Osiris's future is? Because part of me thinks one potential future is that he dies and Saint goes on a crusade to avenge Osiris. Yeah, like that against, sounds good. Yeah. I like that. I mean, Saint is very much the type of person that. Um, his brute strength and you know mm-hmm. like uh you know it's funny because saint's character is not i like saint because from from early lore 
we all thought of Saint as this head budding warrior that just went, you know, brute brute into everything. Mm-hmm. He just like you know, crashes through whatever and just was like, I don't care. I don't want to think about it. Let's just go, right? Headstrong mm-hmm. into the into the fight without a care in the world. No plan. Just annihilate and come back home. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but what's what's crazy uh is how much empathy and compassion and feeling he has. He's not he's not a gentle giant. He's very smart and intelligent. He just has his intelligence is wrapped around humanity. Uh mm-hmm. and he really kind of uh locked into that somehow. Like he might not be the most brilliant self-absorbed mind like Osiris is in in some regards, but he has this capacity within himself to just kind of hug and embrace the entire world Mm -hmm. of humans, human like people and say, come on, let's go. You know, I will protect you even if he can't. Yeah. Yeah. Like, which is, did I, did I share my crusade idea here or did I share it with my clan? Because I remember I talked about it. I just kind of remember where I don't think you, I don't think you said it here. Um, but yeah, so I was thinking like, and I think if this were to happen, it would have to happen next season. Mm. Um, which would fall in line with this being a foreshadow. If it is the foreshadow of the season after the next, which would be next season. Um, because if you do it in the last season, it's too soon to be like, okay, this just happened and now lightfall and then lightfall has to be fully absorbed in what just happened with Saint. But I think if, if Osiris dies next season and Saint kind of is like, this is because of Savathun and technically Savathun is dead, but with Amaru still out there, you know, he has to go out there and get Amaru for Savathun to truly be dead. And so he launches his crusade just like he did against the fallen now against the Lucent hive. And he, he goes after this search for Amaru and he gets Amaru and brings Amaru back alive like on orders of Zavala or something like that for like interrogation purposes or whatever the case may be, but basically gives the window for Imaru to resurrect Savathun. And then she just gets the fuck out. So in saints, in saints grief, he let her get away, you know? Yeah. And and that gives you the final season, season four of, I, I definitely talked about that here last week, season four of witch queen, um, it allows you to resolve the Savathun got away by introducing a new bigger threat where you're like, we can't fight Savathun and this threat. We have to work with Savathun and then yeah. you go into it. Then you go into Lightfall. Yeah, that's a good, yeah, that's a good thought. Huh. That or maybe Osiris becomes a, an exo. Maybe maybe his mind, maybe it's like the intent is that his mind, uh, his mind and body are are severed and they can't go back together now. He is alive, but his body is there, and his and mind he cannot, is not. He cannot no longer, yeah. be, you know, occupy the the body because yeah. it's yeah severed. Yeah, like That's... to give to give him like a soul. His soul has been exercised from the body, so it can't re-enter now it's just it's this trapped outside of yeah. it but technically it's speaking, like what happened to Toland. yeah oh yeah what if that's what happened 
His tolan was exercised from his body by the hive. Was it done by the hive? I thought yeah. he did it to himself. Uh, I mean, I guess technically he did do it to himself. I mean, that is what happened to Omar. Yeah. They took his... That they, is they, what happened to Omar. They tried to take his, his solar, and they took a little bit of his soul with Holy him. Holy crap. What if Osiris ends up being a gun? Well, I don't think he's going to be... Any, <laughs> I hope he doesn't become a gun. That'd be fucked up. And it's played out. I'm tired of things becoming guns. I also don't... The only thing that became a gun, in my opinion, is... Um, Oryx. Because we took... We took his his heart, his worm, whatever it was, and we literally yeah. used it to create the gun. And right. the gun stood as the embodiment of Oryx. People who are like, oh, but Whisper, Whisper of the Worm is actually Zol. It's like, but it isn't because Zol is, is a separate entity no. yeah. that's separate from the gun. And it's just kind of like using the gun to feed itself. And it's like, right. yeah, I'm not a fork because I use a fork to feed myself, you know? You know, which begs the question, uh, Eris's um, true ability, because at the, at the, uh, the most powerful person I can think of within Destiny uh, is Eris. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, she, she has... She's got a lot of perspective. Yeah. She has a ton of perspective and she only shares what's necessary for the mm. most part. And sometimes when she's talking uh, to the other characters, they they're like, oh, no, that's crazy. You know, and they don't want to listen to her. But she's predominantly she ends up being correct in the end, even when she's wrong. Mm. <laughs> even you know because she's like oh no i know what to do let's do this and then she's like oh no that didn't work i was wrong i guess guardian we need to do this other thing but then at the end she was right she yeah. just it wasn't it wasn't that time and so every time eris is involved it's always like this back and forth struggle oh i i know what to do i know what to do i know what to do oh no crap that didn't work and then at the very end it works and you're like wait a minute eris mm. what do you know there's a lot yeah. more to you than than's being told, and I know like you know, we could speculate on that forever, and people do. But what's interesting about that whole thing is if she has the ability to uh, do certain things, then why not? Right? Why not have this future where um, I don't know saint somehow and osiris somehow uh you know i'm sorry i'm I'm like stream of consciousness right now so i'm thinking <laughs> about what you said i know i'm thinking about what you said when you said crusade saint and osiris right yeah okay okay all right if saint has to go out and somehow bring osiris's animal soul, whatever you want to call it, back yeah. to his body that's severed, just like what happened to Toland, mm -hmm. there could be some sort of connection there. If, and we know that the hive worms are no more. Well, I mean, we say they are. They're no more technically, right? Because of the raid, we know that the hive, there can be no new hive. Yeah, uh, well. Sort of. 
I wonder I wonder what what nonsense the witness can can employ. Yeah. Cuz that was a bit it of seems like, like all your eggs like, in one basket with that one. Yeah, I know. It seems like he's got a lot of um uh janitor keys and he can unlock any door he wants. Yeah. Also, um really quick because the way that you're you're making me think about Osiris being in the same the same situation as Toland, like what if Osiris literally is just like Toland? He's like an unsevered soul, and he's he's just like he's lost among the astral plane or ascendant plane, and keep it within destiny, um, the ascendant plane. But what if Toland wants a body? Ooh. What if, what if Toland goes into Osiris's body? He's like, no, this is mine now. Ooh, and then he could become, he could try to rebuild the hive. Do you think he would? Absolutely. I don't think that's 100%. Osa, uh, Tolan, without a doubt, would 100% try to become, I don't know, like a uh, freaking wizard or something all of right, the hive. All right, all right, all right. Where we are, we are putting this. We are putting this into a poll on our Twitter. Okay. <laughs> so, so we're gonna do this live. How do okay. how, how do how do I phrase this? Uh, yeah. Toland Toland's soul takes over Osiris's body. What what does he do? And so he, you're saying he he tries to rebuild the hive. Yeah, yeah, a new a new version of the hive ushered in by Tolan and his newfound power, and by proxy raise the army that Oryx once had somehow, okay. but a different taken, not taken, something else. So create a new generation of hive. Yeah, of yeah, hive like species. Hive, hive-like species. I mean, I think he would keep it with the hive, right? Sure, because Tolan is, you know, just everything hive. Okay, so hive-like species. So you're you're I'm, pitching that, and I'm saying, what am what am, what am I saying? I, I didn't get much farther past just the Crusades. Over, yeah, just taking a body, yeah. just being like, I just want this body. I'm tired yeah. of not having a soul. <laughs> He just wanted a body. He just wanted a body. He just wanted to come back. Oh man, that would be nuts. Okay, do you have any other pitches? We we have we have two. No. Uh, does anyone know. in chat have any have any have any pitches? I I'll I'll send it out before the end of the show or at the end of the show. If anyone in chat has any pitches for what Tolan would do if he took over Osiris's body, <laughs> let us know. We'll add it to the poll. It's hilarious. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, but so okay. Um, entry three is cold forging, and we're we're getting to see some more of Shaw Han. And I'm glad what they're doing with Shaw Han now because they really introduced him as like worthless when it was like, oh yeah, I'm I'm kind of ushering in new guardians. Also, my whole team just died. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come on. Like what the fuck? <laughs> At least let him save his team. Don't just kill them. Holy shit! 
but um so he's still just doing his thing and um so shahan holds an introductory meeting of new lights in the cosmodrome the lucent brood are attacking there because it was the source of their initial downfall which is like a, a throwback all the way back in d1 where we we are revived in the cosmodrome and we learn that the hive were coming back and that made us go to the moon and that made us stop crota and that made yeah. oryx come and we stopped oryx and then sabathun came yeah. and we stopped sabathun and it, was just, da, 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 da. it all started in the cosmodrome and um so fun little easter egg there uh Shaw talks about the importance of what they do and how they're all a part of the Vanguard together, which is an interesting way that it's been phrased. He's like, yeah, we are the Vanguard. It's like, no, you're not, because the Vanguard is the three people, at least to the community. The Vanguard is the three people at the top. Yeah. Two, two people at the top. Yeah. But yeah. And the Hive are, just, are expecting them to be weak and easy to kill, but they won't be because he's giving them this speech. And while he's talking... A lucent hive knight tried to sneak up on them, only to be taken out by a trip mine uh, Shaw had placed. He snuck up, grabbed the, hi the hive's uh, ghost, and brought it back to the group for a demonstration. So he's holding the ghost. I don't feel like grabbing mine. I got mine over there. It's, it's out of range for me. He's holding the ghost. And just like I said, I don't know if I said it here or once again if I was with my clan. But he, you know, they're, they're spiny, they're sharp. And it's like, how are you not yeah. hurting your hand when you're grabbing that? Yeah. And my clan was like, well, they're grabbing the inside, but he's grabbing the outside because you don't always get it perfect. And it's like cutting into his hand. And he, he explains it takes uh, considerable force to kill a ghost. And we've seen that where Petra bombed an asteroid and killed three fire teams of guardians and, yeah. or, uh, Ada one used an Izanagi bullet and shot a warlord's ghost, fucking killed yeah. it. So yeah. very big damage, or paracausal, which guardians are and crushes the ghost. Yeah. Um, the thing I got excited about when we were kind of thinking about foreshadowing here was uh, trip mine grenades being like very useful here. <laughs> Because he says, um, behind him, a sudden explosion sent a geyser of dirt and rusted metal high up into the air. The startled guardians huddled together. And this, like, happened in the middle of him talking. And you'll learn the importance of trip mine grenades, Han finished as he turned. And so it's like, trip mines have never really been that, like, good. But with Solar right. 3.0, apparently trip mines plus young Hamkara spines are kind of busted. So it's funny how, yeah, how that just fine. worked out. Yeah. That's what I, that's my current loadout is, is uh, uh, yeah. Spine and uh, trip mines. I was, I was digging solar 3.0. I was using, um, uh, uh, Galenor shards, Galenor. And that was, yeah. that was really fun. And I got Caliban's hand and I want to kind of work around them, but I don't have a build for it. And now all I can think about is how Ark is next season. And I'm like, I need to get an Ark build as well. And then I just got like, I didn't even have a Void build to begin with. And because my Void build was Glaive and Glaive is not an option anymore. <laughs> so, or not as Oops. much of an option anymore. So yeah. it kind of just derailed all of my builds. And so yeah. I got a good Unforgiven and I went back to Void and I made a build that I'm very happy with. And I've just been sticking on that. And um, for Ark Hunters out there, while you're playing this season, 
keep an eye out for um high mobility or wait does it even need to be high mobility it doesn't even need to be high mobility high resilience like maxed out resilience which is not what hunters are usually running right because you have to get so up close and personal with the arc so with arc you're gonna have hopefully it's gonna become um the two aspects that you're gonna be able to slot in and the ones that you're gonna want to slot in are gonna be um jesus christ what the hell is it the one where confluence flow where you punch and you get more kills yeah uh, it gives it gives you increased damage, and then the one that makes it so after you dodge, you have extended reach. So those oh, yeah, two that's together, a good one. that yeah, is a good so one. That right there is already like a cycle in itself. You get a punch kill, yeah. it gives you your dodge. You dodge, you get your yeah. punch back. You get a punch kill, it yeah. gives you your dodge. You dodge, you get your punch. That's back. a good one. And and so don't worry about anything. Don't worry about mobility. Don't worry about strength. Get get resilience and discipline. It's like. Not what a hunter yeah. has kept for for years, but next season. I wonder how it's lucky be Raspberry busted. would play with that. Well, I mean, you should be running Liar's Handshake. That's true, but but lucky Raspberry would be think, a good one as well. You don't think uh, Liar's Handshake would not proc as well? No, I mean you absolutely have to run Liar's Handshake because that's mm, that's okay. the build right now. Like if you're running Gambit and you're a hunter. Your option, your your one of the most fun options is a liar's handshake hunter, because on arc because it's just like yeah I can kill everything and nothing can kill me, so, <laughs> yeah and that's why you want it's, that resilience because there's gonna be like that those windows where it's like something can kill you but that resilience will keep you alive and then everything else will heal you, yeah, so hmm. gotta gotta learn the ways of the the death quando. Um. So I guess we'll just go into entry number four, which is shutdown, and this is a sad entry. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because you know, Crow Crow tries to do everything right, but everything goes wrong. Um, with the Lucent mm-hmm. Hive defeated, he attempts to unplug a scion from the machines that held the hive in a stasis and trapped them in a mind space. But in doing so, he violently killed the Scion. <laughs> and all yeah. he wanted to do was like, go not get even some like ramen. A quick, yeah, not even like a quick, um, you know, nice death. It was just, yeah. ugh. And it's like, it's like nothing, nothing that he was doing. Like the, in, I remember in the in-game, they kind of made it sound like it was like espionage. But this was like, he walked in and he goes, he's like, I've got some good news. Uh, they sent the Guardian, and when the Guardian sets out to do something, it gets done. Imagine what we'll be able to make in the future when we're not busy squeezing secrets out of the hive, after all this ugliness is behind us. Now, how do we shut this thing down? And then he just, he just shuts it down. He doesn't he doesn't think about it. He's not like, yeah. you know, he's just, he's just, all right, it's time to close shop. And he he's like, he goes up. <laughs> He goes up to the scion as a, after he executes the command. Uh, so he walked toward the scion as the lights on the machine began to turn red in sequence. Let's get you out of there, friend, he said as the scion began to stir. It blinked slowly and opened its eye. Crow smiled and waved. 
Good morning, he said. Would you like to get some ramen? The pulsing current running through the tubes in the back of the scion's head slowed, and Crow winced as white-hot pinpoint pain stabbed into his mind, shrieking a single word clear and impossibly loud. Stop. So the scion is, is, is their brain is being melted right now. Yeah. And Crow just wanted to go get some fucking lunch with the guy. Like, that's, that's rough, uh. buddy. <laughs> holy shit that's pretty rough dude yeah that's pretty rough and it it Ugh. like it kind of it kind of takes away from um saladin having to step in like i get why Keitel would be mad about it but it's like yeah. he had he had negative uh death deadly implications for this scion like he was just like i guess we're yeah. done here let's get you out of there <laughs> we've succeeded up stupid mistake yeah. yeah just 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 did not think it through oh crap okay that's funny and then the scion dies a horrible painful death yeah he really did and um so then entry five, which is the aftermath of Crow and it's Saladin agreed join Keitel and sit upon her. Uh, what is it? Her war council, I believe it's called. Yeah. And so he became a Brachus among her war council, but the Cabal don't like it. You know, here's this human, this guardian walking among them, eating their food, teaching them how to fight, you know, pissing everyone off. And so some Valis challenges him. And, um, you know, Saladin's like, all right, I guess I'll just, he, he doesn't want, he doesn't want it to end in a fight. He wants it to end in reason, but Keitel is like, that's not how the cabal are. You have right. to fight. Him. You got to. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's single combat blades, only one life, no light victory is chosen by death or submission and they're fighting, they're fighting and Saladin got the upper hand a few times and he was like, this is your chance to submit. This is where you submit and I don't kill you. And the guy, the, the Valis is like, I would never, I would never submit to you. And so Brackus Saladin Forge, uh, became Valis Saladin Forge. Oh. He killed that guy. I missed that. <laughs> you missed that? What do you mean? No, I missed the Valis designation. I don't know why I didn't ever think of that. It like says was, right at the end, Rise Valis Forge. Yeah, but I didn't know like that was like I don't I just missed it. I just missed that. <laughs> How did you miss that? That was such a know. that was such a big thing. That is a big thing. Yeah. Yeah, so he goes from Brachus to Valis. Like he, I, I figured I, I didn't I, you know, I just was wrapped up in the fight, I guess. Yeah. I didn't think about the uh, the Valis designation at the end. I was just speeding through it. I'm sure. Yeah, that is yeah. interesting, though. So Valis Forge, no longer Brockus Forge, Valis Forge. Yeah, and I I guess he's Lord Valis Forge. Yeah, Lord, Lord Valis Saladin Forge is his technically full title now. Weird. Yeah. And well, you know that is. Uh, the book Quintessence. It's, it's an interesting book. I think it, I think it has a, a number of uh, good foreshadowing uh, points, which I hope to see play out next season. Right. You know, going back a little bit here uh, mm -hmm. and thinking about thinking about 
what are the implications of of Saladin being amongst the cabal and helping them? Uh, and I know it's it's you know an ally thing, right? We want a representative of the vanguard to be entangled with the cabal, and it gives them more. <clears throat> it, it gives them more. Um, uh, it gives more trust for the guardian to want to work with the cabal if we've got a representative over there as well. Uh, but also for the cabal, for us, same thing. It, it's kind of like a, a, a two way street. Um, but if you think about like where where has Osiris been throughout this entire game? And you go back to Destiny 1 and how when we were first encountering, um, you know, like the, like the, uh, uh, the Hellmouth mission where we go down into the pit and then mm-hmm. there's just that one, that one word question, which was, you know, Osiris, right? You know, and we're like, holy crap, why? Why are we hearing Osiris way back then? But Osiris has been a, a key part of this entire story. Yeah. Um, and so, like like we were talking about with Tolan, Tolan is obsessed with the hive. He wants to be among the hive. He wants to be a part of the hive. But then he finds himself disconnected uh, and, you know, torn away. And now he's just this floating orb of himself. And so if Osiris's body is disconnected somehow and you've got if you try to tie this up in a bow and you say, okay, we've got somebody as an in for our connection with the hive going forward, if we're going to work with him, if we were going to work with the hive in some sort of capacity and, and help Savathun or align with Savathun or someone of Savathun's uh, issues, brood, whatever, then it would be Osiris. Mm-hmm. So we would have Saladin Forge with the Cabal, Osiris with the hive, technically and then um i couldn't i i I wouldn't be surprised if there was like a world where saint could use the vex somehow because everything he knows about the vex i don't think he would align with them he would just they would be like you know mindless autonomy at his his at his disposal well, I mean I that's know. that's something that happened. I mean that's definitely a possibility because that's what happened in um, the Dark Future. Uh, yes. When, when yeah, that's exactly where my mind went. Was thinking about the Dark Future and how he uh, wouldn't that play well? <laughs> what if? I, I none of this is speculation, but what if uh, Lightfall very much was you know we're no longer able to depend on the light. And so the light fall, you know, technically means uh, we can no longer use the traveler to connect with the light. We have to use um, something else. Mm -hmm. I would think it's a little crazy, though, if it's like, all right, so technically we have the hive fighting alongside us and we have the fallen and the cabal fighting alongside us. And oh, now Saints controlling the Vex, so they're fighting alongside us. All right. Like, <laughs> who's an enemy at this point? Yeah, it would have to be something else, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> some, kind of, some kind of like some kind of like zombie thing coming mm-hmm. at us from mm-hmm. all sides. Uh, a bigger threat, ultimately, a much larger threat. And I go back to I go back to Halo for this because in Halo, the ultimate threat for everything is the flood, mm-hmm. and the flood is uh, they represent like. Um, the zombie 
uh, apocalypse for for the entire franchise because you could be fighting against the elite or the brutes or all of the other enemy races at any given point, but then the flood suddenly come in and it doesn't matter what you are or who you are. The flood will infect you, take you over and you will become a part of their uh, mind, Mm -hmm. uh, grave mind. And uh, they'll use your body and run around killing others just to absorb because they just want to spread like a plague until everything, it becomes the flood. And the only way to kill the flood is to kill everything around you or in the universe or in the galaxy around you. Yeah. Um, so if, 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 if destiny wanted to bring in a threat that was larger than all of the enemies that we have currently and make us align with those enemies to fight it, it would have to be something along those lines. It would have to be an enemy so great. So it, in its capacity that it could just infect everybody at any given time and take over everything whenever it felt like it feels almost like Bungie doesn't want to do that though. Yeah. I mean, they played around with it a little bit though. Cause if you think about the yeah, scorn I mean. and you think about like the egregore and all of that yeah. and the infections and you think about Siva and taken. Yeah. They keep playing with that. Yeah. They're like, they, they like they dip their toe in and then they're like, but then we just have this, this like singular central enemy who's always nothing but an enemy. And we kind of want to have some gray area with a little bit of everyone. And that uh-huh. doesn't work. And, you know, like you have, you have Amkara and I know they don't really like take over people, but I feel like they kind of exist in the same vein and you have taken, you have Siva, like you mentioned, and, and even scorn now that you, like you mentioned there, there's a lot of it and it, it almost feels like they introduce it only to stop, you know, they're like taken. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. Yeah, Siva. Right. Never mind. Scorn. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. I don't know. I'm really interested to see what's going for. It has to be something just massive, though. Yeah, I agree. It has to. Be. I mean, with the witness and and what everything that character represents and how the darkness looked to us, uh, and they present themselves in these massive monolithic pyramid ships, and we still don't have like a we we still don't have like a physical form to identify with. I mean, we have an idea. We still don't have like a physical form to identify with the darkness or the witnesses darkness. Uh, so, I, I mean, it's just like, you know, my mind just goes all over the place. What the hell is that going to be? Part of me, part of me, because we have we have Lightfall and then we have Final Shape. And it's like, how how big of an army has the witness uh, accumulated? Right. So, like. They they had Rolk and they were making Savathun and then Savathun was like never mind so now they're like all right well I guess Zivu's good enough and now they have Callus yeah. <laughs> but so basically they took three of the entities that we already knew and are making them disciples and the only one that's different is Rolk who we already killed so it's like what are they gonna bring to the table come in. A lightfall come in final shape like are they bringing their whole army in or are they coming in themselves and they have like 30 disciples behind them that we're not even going to yeah. see because maybe that's where it goes after this maybe that's where it goes after light and dark where we create a power vacuum and no it's not light and dark anymore but it's people trying to seize control or maybe we just maybe we kill the witness in in lightfall 
And it's like mm. the witness and the traveler are destroyed. And that's why final shape it. That's what final shape is. It's this, this grand, uh, cannonball run for the fucking power vacuum that we just created. That's a good point. That's a very good point. You know, it, it brings in that whole, like <laughs> that whole, like cyclical, thing with the um the collapse and Mm -hmm. how like just like you pull up you know when you create a power vacuum um something will always be drawn to it and try to you know uh take on the mantle of you know the ultimate power player right so no matter what happens if you kill if you kill the latest and greatest baddie Mm -hmm. well you've just created a hole now and naturally gravity pulls in who's ever is the strongest to to fill that power vacuum mm-hmm. um so like you know what do we do if we annihilated all our bad our worst foes well now now what somebody or something is going to want to go in there and take that over you know like right now callus is doing that callus is doing that callus is trying to fill that vacuous f- void uh mm-hmm. with himself and and he, um, for whatever it is, he. Uh, I, I know we have more to deal with him. I know yeah. we do. We. I wonder when. I wonder when we're do. finally gonna fight him. Like if we are, or if he's if he's just like a background nuisance that we never really actually yeah. fight. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think? Because um, you know the reprisals of raids bring up a new um, thing. So. Are we for sure we're going to see, you know, uh, like a revamp of Taken King? No. Uh, But, because I feel like this answers your question anyway. If a raid goes into the content vault and comes back out, it doesn't come back out as a new experience. It just comes back. It just comes back as if you were doing the raid originally. Okay. All right. Because that's that was that was the standard they set with Vault of Glass. That's what they said it was meant to be. It was not meant to be. Vault of Glass happens again, and we're we're rewriting why right. we're going in there or any of that. It is just Vault it's of just Glass. Just going back to play with it. So okay, cool. whether it's Taken King or Wrath of the Machine or even if it's Leviathan, it would just, just be, be the experience going back to play. Yeah. And I guess um, I guess you know lore explanations. Uh, as they go um can always just use all of these things that they brought in like meditations and mindscape and stuff like that so it would it would sit in in the meditation sense and that's why in the directory uh the legacy content being brought back are under the legends tab yeah there you go or the legends bubble yeah the little and the director yeah because yeah. it's not it's not one of the tabs at the top. It's like instead of a planet, it's it's a legends. Yeah. And so that's I get you. that's where um Taken King, Wrath of the Machine, um trying to I'm trying to think of the other fallen one that people really liked for uh farming anarchy. Oh, yeah. That was a good one in two in Halo t- uh in Destiny two. Uh, yeah. With the um with the city, you got to drive the sparrows down there real quick and get yeah. into the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't think of the fucking name. What the oh. hell was that called? What was that raid called? Uh, that was a good one. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty fun. Yeah. 
I mean, I like it. I like that one because it was straightforward. You yeah. know, I, I, I don't. It was I simple. Don't like, yeah, exactly. I don't like super heavy mechanic driven because it just becomes mundane and like something you have to do to proceed, mm-hmm. you know? Um, whereas like wrath of the machine, you can go in and just, uh, you know, fight. And then it's like a lot of different things can happen. Yeah. There's a few mechanics, but they're simple and, and enough to just be like, or Crota, right? Yeah. Crota was oh, yeah. Or Crota Zen can come back. I, I skipped over Crota Zen, which is kind yeah. of weird. Yeah. That's funny. Crota's I don't think Crota's End would come game. back though. That sucks because I, I really liked that one. I loved it. I I really did, and you know, I I a while ago people were saying how Crota's End shouldn't come back or it should come back as a dungeon or whatever, and there everyone's like, oh, it's so like disrespectful and blah blah blah. And I was like, I'm good either way. If it comes back, I loved it as a raid. I'd love to play it again. Um, yeah. But if it doesn't come back as a dungeon, if it comes back as a dungeon. That means they're building it with the intent to solo it, which is also fun. Uh, so it's like it's yeah. win-win, you know. Like yeah. no matter what I get, I'm getting something I'll enjoy. But if it's taking King, if it's if it's King's Fall, I'll enjoy King's Fall. But King's Fall, like that was in that that gap year of yeah. taking King and nothing else era, yeah, it was. and it was like, man, this is my life. <laughs> So I, I played a I played enough King's Fall for myself personally. You know, we had a massive content drought. A lot of people forget about that. Mm-hmm. Remember uh Prison of Elders and that content drought and before then Prison that? of Elders 2? Oh my <laughs> god, that was just painful. I mean, they they had to do what they could and there wasn't much they could do. I they have a very interesting system right now. I, I I I don't know if it's the best system, but it's interesting to say the least. Yeah, I think it's getting a little stale though. Um, I think the mechanic-wise of how how the seasons are are playing out are, yeah. are, are kind of are kind of getting old. The repetitive nature of go do this thing and then it's done, and then you know just keep doing it on the week thing, and then that's yeah. the thing, and then the new thing will happen eventually. But it's kind of just like the old thing you did last season, which is a new thing, but. Here's a bunch of new materials you got to invest time and stuff into to get the new weapon that, you know, because the old ones that you just farmed are obsolete. It's kind of becoming like uh, people are getting, um, what's that word? It, it's not fatigued. necessarily burnout, but yeah, fatigue. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's less of an issue of the formula and more an issue of we've been playing this game for eight years. That's true. Where it's like, man, I've just been playing this game for eight years, like kind of nonstop as well. Where like other mm-hmm. games, it's like this big game where you invest a lot of time in and you do a lot of grinding, and it's a lot of the same stuff. And then their next game is also the same stuff, but there's like a two or three year gap between those games, so you kind of forget it. You you have this period where you don't yeah. want to touch it and you patiently wait for the next one or maybe not patiently. Yeah. That's what happened and, with Witch Queen, honestly. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people were just waiting for Witch Queen and they yeah. were like, I'm done playing this game right now. Yeah. And then when Witch Queen came out, it was like, boom, here's everybody back yeah. playing. And they're like, holy crap, there's so much crap. And I mean, there's still a ton of stuff, right? Yeah. To play and, and go in. And I, you know, as a casual, like I play, um, I don't get burnout and fatigue uh, like other people do because I just play something else. And uh, I really don't have a super dedicated amount of time 
to play the game anyway. Uh, so it's still it's still fun because <laughs> I can just go in and shoot aliens <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and then just have fun and come back out and then like I, I I see what everybody's complaining about and I get that like when I'm playing I'm like oh yeah I can kind of see what you're talking about I, I try to empathize with the community's uh, perspectives because yeah. they're so they're so wide like people you know your headbangers and your casuals and your you know your crazy all time just omni gamers that want every single thing that's in the game uh for their collection you know that i can get it i understand i understand the passion i understand the um compulsiveness i understand the obsessiveness you know because at any given time when i want to do something in the game that's all i want to do mm-hmm. um and so it can be frustrating when you don't when you don't get a uh, when you invest all that time and you don't get the the ultimate reward that you were trying to yeah. get. Uh. So we didn't talk about this before the show. I forgot oh. to bring it up. Are we pulling it here? No, we'll. I'll just pull it after. But it was just today. Okay, it's just but today yeah. in general. Yeah, it's just I didn't know if you wanted to announce the winner like just their handle on on live or on the show no i won't do that yeah (laughs) well but i but what he's talking about everybody listening and for you know past listeners in the future of us and for whoever else stumbles upon this podcast i'm giving away a knife um i if you don't know um i make props i make you know uh, a lot of stuff but uh, one of the things I make is a hunter knife, and they're kind of like these little art representations of a theme in the game or something outside the game that kind of ties into Destiny. And uh, so, for a lot of times, most of my orders are, you know, pretty much the same kind of knives. But every now and then, sometimes people will request something really cool. I haven't had a whole lot of requests lately, and some have been so personal I just don't share them. You know, because they mean a lot to like the individuals who buy them, like specifically around their people that they're in their group or whatever. And so I'll make those for them. And I don't typically share those because that's for them. But I make a lot of these knives. And, you know, um, so I make a Hamkara theme. knives. I make five knives. I make uh, just all kinds of weird uh, knives. And I have a I have a knife that I'm giving away and I'm not going to say what it is. But it's one I've made in the past, and uh, some lucky winner is going to have it. So you said mystery. So um, uh-huh. right now, this is this is an Ahamkara. This is actually the first Ahamkara, isn't it? Yeah, the very first one. The very first you are one. The, the originator. It, it, it might not show well on camera. I'm holding it up to the camera if you're only listening. But it really does have like a bone grain to it, which is really impressive. Uh, yeah. I was I was blown away when I saw that thing for the first time. Um, and this is another one. This is a Vex one. I don't know if you mentioned the Vex one. Yeah, so the Vex one, there are only two in existence. You made a second Vex one? I did. Somebody saw your Vex knife and a long time ago and said, I want that. And I said, you know what? I don't typically do that, but I will for oh, by you. No, by all means. Uh, any of the ones that okay. I request, if anyone wants it, by no, I know, all means. I know. It's just... That particular knife uh, was a little bit like, you know, outside the box. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I love, I cool love all my knives. Yeah, these, yeah. these are so cool. And this one, uh, 
I don't think you mentioned this one while we were talking. This one's made out of, um, speaking of callus, this one's made out of planet wine. And it, it's, oh, yeah. it's chipped out of the planet wine. That's why it doesn't have like a, a pristine metal finish to it. Because it's, yep. it's not a very good uh, workable uh, surface. Yeah, and, it's like a chiseling crystal yeah. planet wine. Yeah. yeah. You, don't, you don't get it perfect. You just get what you get. And you, uh-huh. you hope it's got a good edge. And so yeah. I, I kind of, I kind of came to Rhino with that and, and he, he just came out with this and it was, I was, I was blown away by it as well. That one's cool because it has a translucent yeah. uh, mica inside of it. And so like when you hold it up to the light, you can really see it sparkle. That one's hard to show on screen because you yeah. just don't see all the, you can yeah. kind of see it. <laughs> yeah. I can see it when I go like this up to my light. Um, there you go. Yeah. But, uh, I make a lot of translucent knives too uh, for people. By far the most popular for whatever reason is the Ahankara. I just, <laughs> people will not stop ordering that damn thing. Oh man, that's, that is so <laughs> great to hear. And, Which is uh, cool. I like it. It's yeah. cool because it has that bone shape and it's a uh, leather wrapped on the mm-hmm. handle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's changed a teeny, teeny bit over the years, but um, it just oh, gets it? better and better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gets sometimes it gets like a really crazy uh, bone grain, and oh, so if yeah. you're lucky, if you're lucky to have gotten one of those, um, you you have a unique one that you'll never see again. Because yeah. sometimes the resin, when you pour it and you sand it, it just like depending on the mixture and the temperature outside, you get this really crazy marbling. And uh, mm-hmm. I just leave it because yeah. I'm like, wow, oh, that's really cool. You got to let it be. Yep. One of one of my favorite things with with the planet ni- wine knife is I didn't mention this chain. He he just he was just like, you know what this needs? It needs it needs yeah. a gold chain. And <laughs> it, it just does. it just came with the gold chain and I was like, I didn't know it needed that, but you were absolutely fucking right. And the Vex yeah. one, I didn't I I mean I I mentioned the wanting like tubes with like a radiolarian fluid in it, but he it's not really showing. It's not I don't yeah, know it's not it, falling. Yeah, it kind of flows. So when you hold it upside down, the, oh, I'm holding it the wrong way. fluid moves through it. Yeah, so that knife was really cool. And it glows in the dark. There it goes. Yeah. So you can see how the, the Vex fluid ran up the blade. And then... And it's it's really yeah, it clever. Goes. It's really <laughs> clever because it's, it's, a, it's a powder inside. And, yeah. and so it's not a liquid... But because it's a powder, uh, you don't see it falling. So when you hold it, when you get it just right, you just see it. It goes against gravity. And it's like, yeah. what the fuck? It's going up. The coolest, thing, the coolest thing about that knife is it reminds me of like an hourglass. And yeah. that's time and Vex and all yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man, they're so great. So yeah. this, this <laughs> knife that is being given away, are you still able to enter? Yeah. Yeah, you can absolutely enter. Um, so at... I guess, you know, sometime this afternoon, I'm going to close it. And so yeah. we'll just say like an hour before uh, the entry is over. We'll just, I guess we'll announce it on, on Loose Cannon. You have one hour left before uh, the, the polling is closed. And so this one, I'm putting it in chat. I'm putting the link in chat to it. Or that's the quoted tweet. So go yeah. into the original tweet. Oh, no, that's the original yeah. tweet. I forgot Loose Cannon tweeted it. Um that yes. one you said is a mystery knife because you That's wrote right. this up. What is a mystery knife? So it's a mystery. And when you open your package, you'll see what you got. Uh. 
it, so it, one lucky it, winner is going to get a knife and they're not going to know what it looks like until they get it. That drives me crazy because uh-huh. I want to, I want to know what it is. I want to know what it is so fucking bad. Um, so these are different knives for everybody out there. These are not your typical throwing knife you see a hunter use or the ones, you know, the many, many that are out there for sale. These are like artistic representations of yeah. a hunter knives. These are not meant to be game accurate. They are in no. size, but they are not meant to be like, uh, you know, the exact knife that a hunter would hold on his hip or throw in the air. No, these, these are these my are, knives. <laughs> yeah, these are, these are knives created for individuals, for them. And uh, I did a really cool one a while back. Uh, that was kind of unique uh, that I didn't share, but it looked like a leather-bound book with a bookmark in it of gold ribbon. That's and awesome. The, the person that bought it, it has the gold foil all around the edge of it too, so it looks like a book if you had it on the shelf and you see the gold foil That's of the gold so leaf on the pages. Cool. Yeah, it was really cool, and but it was personal, and it had all of the names of their fire team, which I really liked. Uh, that's that's really cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for all for all your your uh, hunter knife thematics needs, yeah. uh, Rhino is absolutely the fucking guy to go to. <laughs> these these things are awesome. I, I I fucking love my knives. I have another one over there, but I didn't grab that one. I gotta I gotta hang them all up again. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so, uh, enter. You have you have a little more time to enter. I'll retweet it one last time. And um, I, I guess that's going to be it for the show this week. Yeah, yeah, it was a good show. Yeah, very fun. So next week, uh, not next week, next show will be on July twenty fourth. I don't think that yep. has any conflicts for me, nope. so that that should work great. Um, and hopefully by that time, all right. No, I think we still have um, one more book from last season to cover. And then we'll be moving into season of the haunted and moving on from season of the haunted. And hopefully we, we, we have Lord to talk about to stay, yeah. stay semi-relevant. Or otherwise we're just going to be going back to read most loyal. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, um, hopefully people come to the show for, for more than just us talking about the lore. Cause we hope that we hope to put on an entertaining show as well. So, Thanks, um, guys. Yeah, that's going to be it for us this week. Bye, everybody. Bye.